Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by Dr. David J. Chow, who was a head team doc in the NFL for 17-plus years. The Jags lost 34-31 in overtime on Monday Night Football to the Bengals in Week 13. The focus, all on Jacksonville's franchise QB, Trevor Lawrence, and his right high ankle sprain. What's a realistic timeline for Lawrence to potentially return to game action, David? Well, in-game when it happened, obviously, you know, oh my gosh, the way he was twisted and bent up. But we tweeted out and put out at Sports Injury Central, SICsquare.com, some early optimists that did not thought this was an ankle sprain, not a knee injury, even though his knee bent up and was folded up. And thankfully, Trevor Lawrence is very flexible. He's had incidences of that before. But this is a ankle sprain where his foot was stepped on. And yeah, he didn't like the look of the limping to the locker room and the whole deal and yeah, he didn't come back. But from the get-go, we didn't believe this was season-ending. This wasn't going to be injured reserve for four weeks. And so far, fingers crossed, that seems to be the case. And I went so far as to say last night that I don't think he's ruled out for next week against Cleveland. And, you know, to some extent, that's been true. At least x-rays are negative. Uh I will say this. I love your head coach, Doug Peterson. I think he's done a great job. But by video, we don't agree with it being a high ankle sprain. If you go to my Twitter, you go look at video. A high ankle sprain is when the foot goes out. He was stepped on. This is a traditional ankle sprain where he rolled it. Maybe it's a misspeak of the nomenclature. Uh, I'm not saying he's a liar. Uh, You'd say some of your fans would say, why are you second-guessing the head coach? But you know, coach speak happens, and also they're not medical. So, uh, you know, you can forgive them for mystic speak. And that's kind of what we do at Sports Injury Central. We give injury analysis as opposed to injury reporting. If we're injury reporters, we'd say Doug Peterson says high ankle sprain. Now, we do say Doug Peterson says high ankle sprain, but by video, we say it's an inversion ankle sprain, and his feet was foot wasn't planted the ankle rolled like a basketball type sprain. This is why we continue to maintain he has a chance to play, maybe. Remains to be seen. Overnight swelling, et cetera, et cetera. Still some cautious optimism. This is not long-term. And in the end, I think as a Jacksonville fan, you don't like the loss. But if you were to say, we win the game, but we lose Trevor Lawrence for, to IR, what would you take? You, you take the loss and take Trevor Lawrence, not on injured reserve. Can you explain your difference in definitions there between a high ankle sprain and the inversion sprain? Well, I mean, I hate being so technical, but I'll just give you a model here. If this is your right ankle, I don't know if it makes any sense so you're seeing it. This is the right side. A basketball-type sprain is an inversion like this, basketball-type sprain. This is the big toe side, 
inversion spring. A high ankle sprain is when it does this, when it gets stepped on and does this, this right ankle. And clearly his midfoot was stepped on and he rolled in. To me, that's a textbook inversion, not high ankle sprain. But, you know, not trying to go against the head coach. He said it. But I can tell you, Justin, there are numerous times we've gone against national reports. And uh, we're more often right than wrong. I mean, just this last week, in game, we said Puka Nakao has an AC joint sprain for the Rams, and then he left with ribs. It was said, and we said, okay, maybe he's got ribs too. And um, now Sean McVay says he's got an AC joint sprain. I mean, so um, we just go by our eyes in the video and what we see. And at least there was some pretty good coverage of Trevor Lawrence. We did not see it being a high ankle sprain, which actually is good news because high ankles are worse. That's why we bring you on. You're the expert, right? Well, I mean, I, I do want to make sure the message gets across that I'm not trying to be arrogant or all-knowing. I'm just giving you what our eyes see, you know, and if our what our eyes see is wrong, so, so be it. But at least the first part has come true, and I like delivering good news. You know, like uh, week one of this season, it wasn't so good for the New York Jets. In games, like, that's an Achilles rupture. That's That's it. Uh, this is not that. And I actually saw that online, too. Uh, uh, Justin, uh, Trevor Lawrence just tore his Achilles. That looks like Achilles. I'm like, no, it doesn't look like Achilles. Thankfully, it's not that. When you hear Doug Peterson talk about Lawrence staying mentally sharp and that C.J. Beathard is going to get the majority of the reps, if not all of the reps, during the week, does that make you think that there's more of a chance that Lawrence could miss the game based on your history as a former NFL team doc? Well, let me tell you something. I do think C.J. Beathard is going to get most of the reps this week because he clearly was injured, right? And you saw him limping in the tunnel and down the hallway. His ankle's going to be swollen. He's not going to be 100%. And if he can play, he's not going to be 100% mobile. You're going to see him in a lot of shotgun and ball out and less rollouts and other things. But why is C.J. Beathard going to get all the reps? A, no offense, he needs them. B, Trevor Lawrence is not 100%. And here's the thing. As a Jacksonville person who covers the Jaguars, are you worried at all if Trevor Lawrence is the starter and he gets no first-team reps this week? No. He's the starter. Okay. This is not – okay. Last week on the Believe Podcast, Sports Injury Central, early week, I said, book it guaranteed Joe Flacco is the starter for the Cleveland Browns, the opponent this week for the Jaguars. This was versus the Rams. And why did we say that? Number one, DTR was in the concussion protocol. Only a 22% chance of exiting the same week. And in the end, he did not exit. But our point was simply this. If indeed he were to exit the concussion protocol Friday or Saturday, do you give the UCLA quarterback, the start, the rookie. What happened in week four when it was his first start when he had no first-team reps because everyone thought Deshaun Watson was the guy? He was not very good. DTR, no offense to the young guy, isn't someone who can come in and play without first-team reps. C.J. Beathard is not a guy who comes in and plays without first-team reps. Trevor Lawrence is. It's not a big deal as I look at it. So – I think it's still to be determined if Trevor Lawrence will start. But the fact that it's a possibility 
bodes well in the big picture. I would actually say he's probably 50-50 to be able to start the game on Sunday against the Browns. But that bodes really well for probable in week 15. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, it's where the game starts. And talking about that game next week, Jags at Browns. You just said you think there's a 50-50 shot that Lawrence plays. Can you take us behind the scenes from the time the injury occurred with Lawrence to what might happen through that and then up until game day on Sunday? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, in a boot, um, wrapped, immobilization, control the swelling, uh, check them the next day with an MRI and exam, start rehab immediately. Um, You know, uh, hopefully we see him this week walking around without a boot, right? That would be the first good sign. Hopefully he can get in maybe a limited practice or two. And that would be another good sign. I want to say something else, Justin. I saw a lot online where I felt like the Jacksonville Jaguars medical staff took some slings and arrows and said, why would you make him walk off the field? Why would you make him walk down that long tunnel? Well, what, what's with that? Why not take him out on a cart? And I tweeted to that effect a little bit. I've been there before as a head team musician. First of all, you don't know that Trevor Lawrence didn't wave off the cart. And a lot of players will wave off the card. And I don't know Trevor Lawrence, but he does seem like the guy that would say, no, 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 I'm waving off the card. And that's number one. Number two, if I'm looking at it video, if you're examining the guy, and Dr. Kevin Kaplan, your head team physician, was there on the field examining him, I think by exam they were really pretty certain immediately that it was not a fracture. And if they had a worry it was a fracture, they would have splinted him and said, no, Trevor, you're being carted off. And so they allowed him to walk off and so forth. And no, no additional damage was done. So I don't think the Jaguars docs and the medical staff did anything unusual or terrible, didn't make it worse. I get the visual of, oh, what are you going to do there? But that's kind of what we do with injury analysis. I mean, you remember when DeMar Hamlin went down, right? That was a huge deal. There was a lot of criticism of the first responders at the time that day saying, why is the ambulance still out there on the field? It's been 25 minutes. Why didn't they, haven't they gone to the hospital? Well, it's really very simple because on the field, you have 25 medical personnel all working on him to stabilize him. If you shut the ambulance door and drive, you have the ambulance driver the second paramedic, and maybe a team doctor that went with them. Now you have two people tending to him and stabilizing him. So as long as you were able to offer him what he needed at the scene, there was no hurry. Now, if you're on a small country road and you can't offer him what you need, maybe there is a little more scoop and run to the hospital. But this is kind of what we do. We give analysis 
of what actually goes on from a medical perspective. So throughout the rest of the week, what will the Jags doctors and training staff do to try to have them ready for Sunday? Well, you know, ice and stim and rehab and maybe some blood flow optimization therapy to try and increase some healing. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, I still am cautiously optimistic. Completely different story for Christian Kirk, that groin injury, which, by the way, groin can equal core muscle. Um, and there's even I've heard rumors of surgery. You know, look, I haven't examined him, but. Uh, that is a multi-week injury for Christian Kirk. And I was going to ask you about that next with Kirk. Peterson did say that he thinks surgery is a possibility. They won't have the right diagnosis and plan of attack before they move forward. So how will that decision, surgery or not, get made behind the scenes for Kirk? I hope he doesn't have surgery. A, because I hope he doesn't need it. Because I can tell you, if he has surgery, his season is essentially done. I did see a report of, well, if he has surgery and the Jaguars make it to Las Vegas, he could return to play in the Super Bowl. Maybe an outside shot. So one of the things I think the Jaguars team docs will do is, look, operate on non-playing players try to wait to do off-season surgery on players who are playing. And if Kirk can be someone who recovers in a few weeks, you want to keep hope alive. This is a surgery that is very reliable, that in an off-season you can get him healthy. So I'm not so sure, unless it's really bad, that they do the core muscle surgery because core muscle surgery will essentially end his season. Whereas if you give him a couple weeks and see how he does – you might leave hope alive, maybe not 100% Christian Kirk, but 80% Christian Kirk better is, is better than no Christian Kirk. And so we'll have to see. But I think that plays into the decision-making as well. Now, if this were a week one injury or a preseason injury and you're contemplating surgery, I would tell them to just do it because it is a hard one to play through all season. But if you do the surgery now, it's effectively going to end his season. So they may look at those options. If he didn't have surgery and tries to play through it like you're talking about, could it risk further injury to that area? Would it be painful or what might that be like? Painful, limited in his route running and ability to cut and, and be Christian Kirk. But doubt, yeah, it could. he could hurt it more, hurt worse but doubt that he could make it worse where surgery wouldn't fix it. And so there's no long-term implication there. So that's the only reason where at this point of the year, you might say surgery is going to end my season. Maybe we wait a few weeks and, and hope and see. If there is no surgery, when would you kind of predict that he might be able to get back on the field? Well, it depends on the extent of the groin injury, but, uh, you know, at this point, if he can return during the regular season, that would be pretty good. But, you know, um, it's likely multiple weeks any way you look at it. And, you know, we don't have that many weeks left in the NFL season now. So it's going to be multiple weeks, but maybe you can make it, make it back in early January before the end of the regular season. But it is multiple weeks. 
Parker Washington, the rookie, had six receptions for 61 yards in that touchdown in the back of the end zone on Monday Night Football after Kirk went out of the game. He was filling in for him largely in that slot position. So Peterson said that he'll probably be the next man up there. There's one other injury I wanted to ask you about, David, before we let you go, and that's versatile offensive lineman Walker Little. He's got a left hamstring strain, according to Peterson. He said the team's going to have to see where he's at strength-wise and in terms of his stability in a couple of days. When you hear what that potential diagnosis is and the way Peterson's talking about him, are we trending towards Little being in or out against the Browns? Uh, I think you'd I'd put him on the dubious side. You know, thankfully he's not a guy who plays in space and a speedster, but still I think you have to be on the dubious side with his left hamstring strain. And uh that might not might mean left tackle number three for the Jaguars. Yeah, that's right. Cam Robinson's on IR. Blake Hans did come into that game for little at left tackle it remains to be seen how that line would be shuffled if indeed little is going to be out but that's a big loss this guy's been very versatile for this team has played left guard when robinson came back played left tackle before robinson when he was dealing with that suspension the first four games of the season and then even went back there after robinson was on ir overall considering these injuries which one, from your doctor's perspective, do you think could have the potential biggest impact on this team? Well, you know, everyone looks at the quarterback, right, Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, I, I'm not familiar enough with the Jaguars, but that shuffle on the offensive line is real. Think of it this way. Injuries beget injuries. You're on left tackle two. And if left tackle two can't go, you're on left tackle three. But where does left tackle three come from? Is it the left guard too, or is it the right tackle that has to flip over? I don't know. I don't know your lineup that well, but that musical chairs can make a big difference for an offensive line, and uh, depends on the musical chairs. I mean, in an ideal world, you have a left tackle three that can plug and play, and you don't shuffle anyone in the offensive line, but that, I would argue, is unusual to be three deep at a position, so to speak. Even with Walker Little going in for Cam Robson, that already was a shuffle at left guard because that's where he came from. And that's what I mean downstream. And so it's easy to say Trevor Lawrence, oh, that's the biggest injury thing. But Trevor Lawrence with lack of mobility back there, but it might be the offensive line. The other injury I think of concern for the Jags was nickel cornerback Trey Herndon. He was in concussion protocol according to Peterson and you mentioned the stat earlier with him in the protocol it does seem pretty unlikely I think you said 22 percent that's what's been the last couple of seasons 22 percent clear in one week without uh missing the next game so fair to say that the Jags should probably expect to be without Herndon for the game in Cleveland statistically that's what it would be in what happens in the concussion protocol these days in the NFL? There's so much focus on it, but behind the scenes, what really goes on? It's actually relatively simple behind the scenes. It's uh, some relative rest. Some The days of a cool, dark room are gone. Mental stimulation is okay. As soon as symptoms are gone, you start to increase with mental and physical activities in a graduated fashion. And you have to log a full practice before you can go to the independent neuro to get cleared. 
Interesting. Thank you for explaining, doctor, and appreciate your time. Everyone's so curious, obviously, about the Trevor Lawrence injury, but Christian Kirk might be a big blow for this offense as well if he's out for a number of weeks, especially with this game coming up against Cleveland and the Jaguars still in the mix to try to get that top seed in the AFC and leading the AFC South Division. Thanks for joining us, Doc. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.